Welcome to the Orange Socks Podcast, where we are inspiring life despite a diagnosis. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Nebaker. In this episode, I speak with Jessica and Johnny by phone about their son Griffin, who has Golden Har Syndrome. I thoroughly enjoyed learning about people with Golden Har, and in particular Griffin, and learning about Jessica and Johnny's journey. Griffin is now eight years old and the second of three children. I know you're going to love hearing their story. So Jessica and yeah. Johnny, thank you so very much for taking the time to uh, do an Orange Sox interview with me by the phone about your son Griffin who has Golden Har Syndrome. Jessica, tell me a little bit about Golden Har. I'm not familiar with it. Sure. So Golden Har Syndrome is a congenital facial difference and a lot of times I kind of like to explain Golden Har like an umbrella where Golden Har is, you know, written across the umbrella and under that are many, many things that your child could have under that syndrome. It usually involves incomplete development of the face as far as the ear, nose, soft palate, lips, the mandible, things that could be wrong, along with sometimes there's internal issues with their organs, like the heart, the lung, the kidneys, the spine, and then all of the things that can go along with that. So with Griffin, his umbrella underneath his specific umbrella is that he is affected on the left side. He is unilaterally affected. He has a small ear. He is missing his cochlea inside of that ear and some other inner ear parts, which makes him 100% deaf on his left side. His jaw on his left side is underdeveloped, so it kind of his face is asymmetrical. And he has a heart issue. He has tetralogy of Fallot, and he has spinal issues. He does have scoliosis. He also is affected his thumb. He has a hypoplastic left thumb, which technically isn't usually under the Golden Har syndrome umbrella. But as we've met other families, we have actually been finding out that a lot of children have some sort of a limb difference with their Golden Har syndrome diagnosis. So that's sort of a quick scenario of what Golden Har syndrome can be. I appreciate that information. So Johnny, what were your thoughts when you found out that Griffin had Golden Har Syndrome. Uh, it was interesting, we didn't find out until he was born. And even then we still weren't 100% sure what it was. It took the doctors a little while to actually nail it down. We knew in utero that he had Tetralogy of Fallot. That is his heart condition that he had repaired shortly after birth, four months after birth. But we found out a couple days after he was born immediately we realized okay it's not just the heart there's other things going on here so I think it was a little bit daunting to have other things added on to our plate or his plate right at birth it was definitely a shock without that heads up you know we just kind of had to take it in stride and you know we were at the mercy of the doctors at that point sure so Jessica, what have been some of the hard things that you or Griffin or your families had to face with this diagnosis? The hardest things that we've had to face is probably navigating and juggling appointments because like I was saying with the list of things that he has to deal with, along comes a lot of clinics, a lot of specialists, a lot of surgeons. And so we are in the doctor's office a lot. 
And so I think that's maybe one of the challenges that we as a family, you know, have to face. And for him, I think some of the challenges he faces right now, currently, he's eight years old in the third grade, is really navigating the classroom. And it has a lot to do with his hearing because he is deaf on his left side. And we are trying to help him figure out some hearing aid options. And we've really been advocating for that. But, you know, it's just funny because going back to when we found out what Griffin's diagnosis was, we had just miscarried the year before with our second child. And so when we had the diagnosis of the heart, we had an amniocentesis done so that we could know what to expect because he may possibly have that open heart surgery right after. And so when that came back clear and everybody's, you know, relieved it was just going to be the heart and then he was born and the room was quiet and we knew there was something more and they finally diagnosed him with a golden heart. All of these things kind of came onto our plate, scoliosis and the thumb and all of these things. It was one of those things that because we had suffered a loss, he was here and he was alive and he was relatively healthy, even though he had all of these things on his plate. So when we talk about challenges, you know, as Johnny and I were talking about it, I had to really think, well, what is challenging? Because for us, it's just been what we do. It's just been our life and we count it all. We're thankful for all of it because he's here and he's with us. That's great. So tell me about some of the joys that he's brought into your life. <laughs> well, Griffin is an entity of his own. He is such an upbeat child. He is so positive. You know, you would think with all of the things that are on his plate that he would just have a ho-hum attitude or really seem burdened, but this is just who he is, and he absolutely loves it. A couple of months ago, we were talking about people, and I said, you know, a lot of people feel bad for you, Griffin. They have pity for you. And we talked about what that does. And he just looked at me and he said, why? And I said, well, you know, they feel bad. They feel bad that you have a facial difference. And they feel bad that you have all of these things that you have to do. You have to have surgeries and tests and procedures and you go to all these appointments. And he just looked at me and he said, well, that's just what I do. And he shrugged his shoulders. And that's what brings the joy into our life. And he is our joy because his attitude is absolutely everything. He advocates for himself and he is so comfortable in his skin and he just owns who he is. And that makes our entire life joyful. That's... We do not see this diagnosis as a bad thing. Oh, that's super. Johnny, do you have anything that you want to add to the joys? The joys are, that's all he is. I was trying to think of the times where we've had to really sit down with him and, you know, handle the issues that come along with this, the negative issues. And maybe on one hand, you know, I can count in the last eight years that he's had a hard time mentally with dealing with the stresses that come along with this. You know, I'll take it for him being eight plus years old. It's, it's good times with Griffin. That's really all it is. I would definitely say another joy for us is sharing our story. Griffin is very proud of who he is, and he loves to tell people about himself, and we love sharing our story with people, and that brings great joy into our family to be able to encourage others because of Griffin. That's super. He has an older sibling and a younger sibling. What impact has his life had on the siblings as well as maybe some of your extended family? For Hunter, our oldest, Griffin's life, the way that it's impacted him is our oldest son has a lot of empathy. 
he has learned to advocate for not just his brother, but also himself, because, you know, we have to advocate for Griffin and for our issues. And so Hunter has learned to be a good advocate for himself. Having Griffin in his life has helped him approach others that have differences in a beautiful way. You know, sometimes there's a lot of fear when people see others with differences because they don't know, they don't understand what's going on. But when you are around somebody that has a diagnosis or a difference, it really helps you to just see them as a person. And so that has helped Hunter just be overall a kinder person and a less fearful person. For the three-year-old, for Hudson, I would say definitely empathy and nurturing. He is such a nurturing boy when Griffin, Griffin just had his hand reconstructed for his little thumb. It was fun to see Hudson kind of step up, you know, in his way, in his own toddler way, and be there for Griffin, you know, in a nurturing way and just make sure he was okay and he had what he needed to drink or had a blanket, so. Super. Johnny, do you have anything you want to add to that? I was just going to say, I think that there's a fear that comes with there being siblings of children with special needs and I would imagine that that fear for the siblings is always you know we don't want our life to revolve around the medical issues of the one when we have the other children I'm proud of Hunter our oldest there's never any complaints there's never any negativity towards Griffin or animosity you know it's always how can he help what can he do to lighten the load. I really am proud of him and you know our extended family as well. Uh, we have a tremendous support on both sides of our family and you know there's never a situation that we couldn't ask for help you know so we're very thankful and blessed in that department. Awesome that's super. Jessica I'm curious if I came to you new to this diagnosis that I had a child with golden Har syndrome newly diagnosed, what advice would you give me? The first thing that I would say to you is to take a deep breath (laughs) and to lean in. Lean in on a couple of things. First of all, lean in on any support that you have. Lean in on your faith. A lot of people say to us, like, I don't know how you're doing that we are always busy. There is always something with Griffin. And, you know, Johnny and I say all of the time, it's not us. Like, the Lord has given us so much peace and so much guidance in this that it is a supernatural miracle that we have been able to handle the things that we've handled with such grace. So definitely lean in. Lean into your faith and your support. But the other things that I've learned and that have been so good for us, the first thing that have been good for us is early intervention. With Griffin, there's many pieces to him. There's the hearing and there is, you know, the facial stuff and there's the scoliosis and there's the thumb, which is, you know, orthopedic. And the best thing that ever happened to us is that we were plugged into early intervention through our school system through our state within the second year of Griffin's life I had therapists in my home helping with him you know uh, speech therapists and orthopedic therapists all for free and I had no idea things like that existed and so immediately he had his IEP created his individualized education program within just a couple weeks of life and that followed him until now it's still with him, that same IEP. So being able to really plug into the resources that are available to you and to not be ashamed, you know, not to shy away from that, but to really use that because with his hearing difficulty and his speech and everything, that really helped him keep up, you know, with all of the things, especially because he does miss a lot of school. Um, And then the other thing 
is just with the support thing, making sure that you are leaning into your family and your friends. And something that we didn't do from the beginning was to connect with other families that had similar diagnoses to us. I had been following the CCA, which is the Children's Craniofacial Association, for years. But since we had a great support system, I didn't feel, and he was little, I didn't feel we needed to connect with other families. And this past summer, we were able to go on the retreat, and he was able to meet other kids, which was fantastic for him being eight years old. But Johnny and I were so overwhelmed meeting these families and these parents, and they spoke our language. We didn't even know we needed this because we have great support system, but it was like if they had something in common and to make that connection was huge. And then the last thing I think is, I would tell you if this was a new diagnosis to your child, is to not be fearful of advocating for your child, whether it's educationally or medically. I'm a very passive person, but I have had to learn to really stand up for him and our family with doctors and with nurses and 95% of our experience has been fantastic but every so often you're just not being heard or you're not being seen and we have had to say something and no matter I've had to push my feelings aside and I have had to just say what I've needed to do we've actually switched health systems completely and doctors and departments because we didn't feel heard and so I want to empower parents to advocate for your child and to trust your heart and to trust your gut that's awesome so Johnny do you have anything to add I would say take advantage of technology nowadays we have so much information at our fingertips like Jessica had said, we knew that organizations like CCA existed because we would run across their information in newsletters. And don't be afraid to reach out to people and ask questions. I mean, you would research anything else in your life. Don't be afraid to research and ask other parents who have gone down these roads before you if they can save you from trial and headache. I know we're more than willing. We love being able to talk to people about the situations that we've encountered, what we've done right and wrong. I get excited that as technology advances, we can connect with these people on the other side of the planet. You know, just the other day, somebody had contacted Jessica from, I believe it was the UAE, it was United Arab Emirates, asking, my son has Golden Heart Syndrome, what do I do? I mean, he was almost in panic mode. I mean, he had question after question, you know. It's amazing to be able to help someone out on the other side of the planet, you know, just at our fingertips. It doesn't cost anything. That's super. That's awesome. Jessica, do you want to have the last say? Anything else you want to add? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think our hearts for parents that maybe are facing a diagnosis of the child with a facial difference or any diagnosis at that it is how much joy there is in it. And I just, I pray for you and I just want to encourage you that those of us out here that have walked through it and, you know, through Orange Sacks and through the other organizations and people telling their stories, we know how much joy these children bring to our lives and to just know there's hope and um, that your life will be so much richer because of these children and all of the other things, all of the medical and all of the hardships and all of the challenges, it will dissipate into your story because the hope and the joy will rise to the top. That is the truth. We're just so thankful that we can tell our story and that Griffin's life can have purpose in that way. Thank you so much for letting us tell his story. 
I was very interested to learn more about Golden Haar Syndrome. I hadn't heard of it before, although I am certain I have seen people with it over the years. Jessica mentioned that she met a man with Golden Haar and his wife at a meeting of people with craniofacial issues, who was a pastor. She also said that many people with Golden Haar Syndrome marry, go, go to college, and have successful careers. With the attitude he has already displayed, I am certain Griffin will be one of them. Thanks for listening to this episode. Orange Socks is an initiative of Rise Incorporated, a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting and advocating for people with disabilities. Follow Orange Socks on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, orangesocks.org, for more stories and to find national and local resources to help parents of children with disabilities.